Hello. Can, okay, I see people, hopefully we get this going again. Okay, Maggie, can you hear me? I don't know. It, on my one screen, the everything froze up. Apparently, it seems like it froze up or booted Jesse and Melanie out, and then I had to log back in. Jesse, Melanie, are you there? Oh, wait, they will be. Melanie's calling in. Hey, Melanie. Hello. I don't know what happened. Darn it, I'm going to lose. That really frustrates me, though, because I'm going to totally lose that whole first part of the recording. Yeah, it's like like all that gold with me and the cat. Cat truth, you lost all that. Makes me sad. Well, Castbox needs to get their stuff together. Heffalump says, I was just about to say hello when you all left. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that sucks. That That's a little frustrating. Maggie says it was the ghost of Sharon. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's what you get for talking about Tarantino, Paul says. That's what you get for talking badly about him. I didn't really talk badly about him. But hopefully, let's see. I'm going to just message Jesse and tell him it's going good. Okay. Okay. That frustrates me slightly. <laughs> uh, so my first bit of news is Castbox announced today they're officially launching Livecast. <laughs> For real. Oh, Jesse tried to call and then it disappeared. But yeah, Castbox is launching this Livecast officially today. So yay! Maybe that's the problem. <laughs> okay, Bruce Lee is not Matt. Bruce Lee is Joshua H. Hey, Josh. I, I don't know you, but how are you doing? Welcome. You're, you must be great because we thought you were Matt. I'm guessing Huffleup. Huffleup is Matt. Hi, Huffleup. Come on, Jesse, where'd you go? Maybe I am, he says. There we go. Are you back? Jesse? You should not say the word Huffleup, though, because it sounds like like sex murderer bad. You sound like a what a woozle, Jesse. Yeah. We can't, we can't hear you if you're here. No. Well, we need we need what? Nothing. Okay, I was gonna say we need Jesse here though because Melanie didn't watch the movie. So we need at least two of us to talk about it, and then Melanie can you can add your color commentary. Thanks. Well, I can just start with my color con- commentary, which is I didn't watch the movie because it's a freaking child nightmare. That, that movie right there. Okay. Yes, I'm glad you mentioned that. So first, before so what we're going to talk about today. Hey, Josh. Yes, what we're going to talk about today is. Oh, let me get Jesse in here. Hello, sir. Hello? Hello? Hey, there we go. Am I here? You're here. Oh my goodness. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I did literally nothing different. I just called oh, it. Oh, you again. are super robot today. Okay. No. Livecast is having issues. I was I was saying before you joined. So they announced today uh they are officially launching the Livecast platform. So 
like today's their first official like this feature is live type thing. Huh, that's interesting. Oh wow, you are just all kinds of robot. Do oh boy, do I need to leave again? You sound you sound like the Terminator <laughs> can... going through puberty. Sweet. That's what <laughs> I can try to call in through the app. Wait, keep talking. I can try and call in via the app. Okay, it clear it cleared up. You're back. I'm back. <laughs> Terminator right. puberty. Okay, so wow, that was mm, cast box. Okay, so, so yeah, we're talking about Christopher Robin from 2018, starring Ewan McGregor, Haley Atwell, uh, Bronte Carmichael. I'm probably saying her first name wrong. Mark Gatiss, which I should have realized that was him, but I didn't for whatever reason. And the voices of Jim Cummings as Winnie the Pooh and Tigger, Brad Garrett as Eeyore, Nick Mohammed as Pig, uh, Piglet, Toby Jones as Owl, Peter Capaldi as Rabbit, yeah. which I also didn't realize, uh, Sophie Okendo as Kanga, and Sarah Sheen as Rue. Um, directed by Nick Foster, who also directed, amongst other things, Monsters Ball, Finding Neverland, Stranger Than Fiction, Quantum of Solace, and World War Z. And uh, here's a synopsis. And then we could talk about why this is like Melanie's childhood nightmares. Uh, Christopher Wal- Christopher Robin, the boy who had countless adventures in the Hundred Acre Woods, Hunger- Hundred Acre Wood, has grown up and lost his way. Now it's up to his spirited and lovable stuffed animals, Winnie the Pooh, Tigger, Piglet, and the rest of the gang, to... You put Eeyore in there. Then the rest of the gang. <laughs> to rekindle their friendship uh, and... And remind him of endless days of childlike wonder and make-believe when doing nothing was the very best something. Yeah, because doing nothing is the very best something, man. It's the best way to do something. Uh, Josh says... Oh, wait. I did not see this. Um, Yeah, I didn't either. Well, either did Melanie. And I'm I'm, (laughs) I'm just debating on... Is this even the kind of movie that can be spoiled, or is this the kind of movie you you know exactly where it's going when it starts? I'm I'm gonna assume it's something like. Well, you already told me it was kind of like Hook, and I was thinking of that Finding Neverland or something was what I was thinking before. Okay, yeah, it's basically Hook. That's exactly what I was thinking too when I was listening, watching it. it. Was oh, it's Hook. Okay, so Maggie says Lasai. I had such high hopes for this film. It was okay but not as good as it could have been, as it should have been. It's super basic and super predictable. And Paul says, it's Disney. Um, Hook was great, though. I loved Hook. <laughs> it, is, it is exactly that basic idea. Um, so, first off, Melanie. Yes. Why is this like a childhood nightmare? Because I had childhood nightmares about my animals waking up and talking to me. And I would freak out every time, even when they, even even when they were like, "It's okay, don't freak out. We're not going to hurt you." No, that just still made me freak out because your animals aren't supposed to come to life and talk to you. And I think this is really potentially uh, a triggering, as they would say, triggering because the visual effects on the character, the uh, animal characters, the stuffed creatures, are great, and yeah. it, it's like photorealistic looking CGI. 
for these creatures. And I think that would put really potentially trigger some uh, childhood nightmare flashbacks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and it, I mean, it was super real. I, I mean, I can't even, t- I can't describe how terrified I was when that, because I was like half awake asleep. You know what I mean? When it, when I first had that nightmare. Matt says, wait, they weren't real. And Maggie says it's cute, but saccharine in the most basic ways. Um, Maggie also says they are definitely animated in the old British look. And I like that. Oh, I love the look of them. And they also yeah, kind of looked yeah. like matted and dingy a little bit, which was awesome. Um, so Jesse, what did, what did you think of this? Uh, you know, I, I liked it, but I also have to concede all the points that people are making because, yeah, uh, saccharin's a word that came to mind. Also, uh, sentimental is the word that I keep batting around because that's basically what this was meant to be is sentimental, both in good ways and in bad ways. You know, it it's, yeah, plays on your nostalgia really big time. Um, I think the animals were done excellently and really I could have cut all the humans out of the movie because they were boring. I agree. Um, I think they should have just made it about a year and then I would have watched it. Oh yeah. It it could have, yeah, it could have totally been just about the hundred acre woods and it would have been infinitely better because the animals and the voice actors that they got for the animals were excellent. But yeah, I don't know how you mess up. uh, Was it uh Haley Atwell and and um, Ewan McGregor. I don't know how you messed that up. This had a wonderful cast, uh, so it's got to be writing and direction. Uh, M- Melanie, can you see? You can't see the chat, can you? No. Well, Nightmare Winnie the Pooh says, "I dare you to bother." <laughs> <laughs> oh no! I like it. <laughs> okay, so I. I did enjoy this movie, but it is it is very cookie cutter. It is very saccharine. It is one hundred percent visually manipulative. <laughs> manipulative. Yeah. It's manipulative in every way, but it doesn't always work. Um, visually, I mean, it looks great, but uh, Jesse, I read your review you wrote on Letterboxd, I believe, and. You said it, you said it, I think it was you said it was just, just still missing something. Yeah. And I just, I, yeah, I a hundred percent agree with that. It is missing something. Um, for one, the human characters, I agree. They suck. They're very, it's not just on the nose, but they're a little over the top. Like, so Ewan McGregor is Christopher Robin and he's grown up and he's, you know, like Robin Williams in Hook. Or something, you know, he's all about, it's work now, work, and he doesn't ever play. Yeah. His daughter doesn't even know what playing is, which, come on. Like, that's what I'm talking <laughs> yeah, about. Like, yes. they take this idea Throw and then the just top. stupid with it, right? Yeah. Except um, Mark Gatiss. I totally believe that that's him. That's just who <laughs> Mark Gatiss is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but... So so that that aspect is really not good. Um, Winnie the Pooh is great though. Winnie the Pooh and Eeyore both like they did I they made it worth watching for me. Um we already mentioned the visual effects. Really all the animals. I mean even if you great. don't like uh 
even if you don't like Tigger, you know, like that's Tigger. <laughs> if you don't like Tigger, that's why you don't like him. Yeah. Lump says more like caricatures instead of characters. Yeah, no, exactly. I, I would agree with that. Um, yeah. How are the, how are the stuffed animals more real than the humans? Right? Like there's more depth to Winnie the Pooh than there is Christopher Robin. Um, and I knew like, you know, from the first couple of shots, like kind of, I appreciate, and I said it's like visually manipulative it, it because it's trying to, and I say it's manipulative as a movie because it's trying to like, it's trying so hard to make you feel that nostalgia and feel this and that. And it's just like, but you're not really doing anything to earn it. You're not making me feel it. Yeah. But you know, thinking back, reading the books and stuff, Christopher Robin really wasn't a very good character. It wouldn't even, the animals all were better characters than him. He might as well not even have been there most of the time. Well, he's the childlike straight man. He, yeah, but like he's so he's so over the top in this. I mean, not the acting. You and McGregor's fine. I guess, if anything, he's a little bland. But the character's bland. And I get that's right. kind of the point, but it, again, it just comes down to it's so over the top. Um Heffalump says because the stuffed animals, let's see, the stuffed animals have heart. Uh, Paul says, honestly, if they changed the personalities of the stuffed animals, people would riot. Maggie says, I was really hoping the film would go in the direction of saving Mr. Banks. Uh, Heffalump says, because children are evil, plain and simple. <laughs> uh, I should know. I have two, he says. Um, <laughs> so now talking about the character, talking about the animals, though, again, um, that is that is definitely the redeeming aspect for me because it's been so long since I've seen any Winnie the Pooh anything. And I actually really like them in this visual style. And I do like that, even though I said it's manipulative, the movie just looks sad. And it really yeah. emphasizes what kind of like neurotic, you know, children's fiction characters these are. Like... I mean, Tigger's like the um, rambunctious one, but all the other ones are just completely different versions of neurotic, neurotic, and it's super interesting. And I was like, I kind of forgot how low-key and really a bummer all of these characters are. Winnie the Pooh oh, yeah. is so subdued, but like, I don't know. I love the Winnie, Poo- Winnie the Pooh in this. And then Eeyore, who at first I was like, oh, I don't know. Well, like when he first, I don't know. He shows up floating down the stream once we kind of get into the movie. And the first few things I've said, I was like, okay, yep, that's Eeyore. I get it. But then as it went along, I, I loved Eeyore. And it just reminded me of why <laughs> Eeyore is the best. He said he has some of the best awesome. lines. When yeah. <laughs> older Christopher Robbins carrying him through a field towards, like, he just pulled him out of the water or whatever. Eeyore says, thank you kindly for kidnapping me. <laughs> it's like, it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> and then later at one point he gets dropped on the floor and he's like right where I belong I love that that's so good oh my god yeah that's what I mean like the animals were good even the, even the ones that were recast you know like uh, uh, Rabbit threw me off at first just because it's not the voice I'm used to from the cartoons and whatnot. but then uh, you know like then you realize it's uh, Peter Capaldi and you're like okay Yep, that's perfect. Uh, Paul asks, how do you call in on this thing? I'm assuming... Um, There's a little phone at the bottom. You hit the phone. 
Okay. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. Depends on what yet. you're using. I'm guessing he's on the app. If you're on the app, it should be down there by where you type in. It should be just above like the sharing function and he got it. Paul. Yes. Hello. Yes. How's it going? Hello. (laughs) (laughs) I'm scrapping out. Yeah, push the phone button. (laughs) Yep. That's 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 yep. That's Melanie. It's it's easier said than done today because I tried it three times and Two of the times I even got through, and no one could hear me. Yeah, R- R- Robo Man. No, the uh, the, the uh, way the animals played out, it's like they are Christopher Robin. Like he wasn't a believable person until he had like the hook, you know, the hook transformation in Pan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Once he got back and had the uh, oh look, I remember all you people. I know how to have fun now. You're right. neurotic fun. <laughs> then yeah, he's like it, it, he completed his uh, neuroses. Yeah, that makes sense, and I do. That makes sense, and I do like that aspect of it. <laughs> the problem is when he didn't have when he wasn't uh, before. You know, basically when he essentially forgot them because he grew up, he became more of a cartoon character than any of them, <laughs> and that's the part that really bugs me. Um, well, like, I'm not sure they knew how to write that. It, 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 it seems like it's a hard style to write. Like, how do you, I mean, that was such a big part of his childhood. How do you forget that? Believe, yeah, I mean, right. how do you believably forget that? I mean, there's, there's, there's definitely elements of it I like because you get basically like the intro kind of the way it lays out during the credits, his, his life, which is kind of interesting. And he goes to war and I'm like, Oh, that's interesting. That could play into it. Like Christopher, what's Christopher Robin like after world war two, but that doesn't really play into it. He just becomes, you know, (laughs) yeah. And it's, it's hard to, it's kind of hard to also an issue I have is you've, we've seen this story like a million times, the same exact story. It, it is hook and so many so many other things. Well, like I said, uh, the, uh, what's her name? Mary Poppins returns the same way. Same story. Oh, I believe it. Oh, yeah. Okay. I've never seen it. In fact, I've never seen the whole Mary Poppins all the way through. Oh, are you serious? I've seen that movie. Wow. I am wow. I've seen that movie a hundred times, and I'm not really a fan. But well, that's my yeah, thing. Like, they, they start driving on the sidewalk and seeing it, and I'm like, I'm out. Uh. Those are awesome sidewalk uh, chalk drawings. <laughs> uh, oh, I lost track of what I was going to say. Hey, Paul, did you have uh, any other thoughts on it, Paul? And I'm not kicking you off the call. I'm just trying to throw it back over to you. No, I'm a. Uh, I did, and I, I lost it on Mary Poppins. It, me too. Sorry. <laughs> oh, oh, I, I remember the point I was making. So about it being that you know, it's that same story. But something that I have to remember also, and this is something I was trying to keep in mind while watching, because initially I was like, oh, like, because they really nail into it pretty quick as to like, this is this is Christopher Robin now. And I'm like, okay, I know what this whole story is. But kids don't, like kids haven't necessarily seen Hook. Like, I, so I imagine every generation or so, you've got to have a couple of these movies, even though we as adults have seen it a million times. I get redoing it 
for kids because I get the point of it. It just, I don't know. I don't know if that's the right way. If they wrote the human characters that way to make it obvious to kids what they're doing, but like, you don't have to write down to kids that much. I feel like. Well, I, mean, I, I don't know. Wish they would have uh, rebranded it as uh, a, a Winnie the Pooh movie instead of a Christopher Robin movie. Because I mean, after a while, they did focus more on the characters everybody wanted to see, rather than right. you know, the, the humans played a you know secondary role throughout the whole thing anyway, except you know his daughter, who oh look, you can play with toys, which was an aspect I kind of liked. In you know, I mean, everyone plays with you know phones, so yeah. look, yeah. you can play with toys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe it, it does have some, you know, merit for modern audiences like, hey, look, uh screen time is is way overdone and uh we, you should be using your imagination, which is 100% what uh way the Pooh and these characters come from. Oh, Actually, God, yeah. Now that I think about it, maybe Pan is even older than that because they're like, you don't even play with toys, you play with sticks and rocks and cans and stuff in your well, imagination. <laughs> right, yeah. On, we had to well, walk uphill to get to the Hundred Acre Woods and Neverland both ways and we liked it. We liked it. We have a hundred acres yet. It was only five. We had five <laughs> acres. We had five acres. We pretended we were in a boat, but it was really just a box and the box had holes in it. And we liked it. <laughs> I, I feel like this movie was mismarketed, though, because if I remember what I recall, first off, going with Christopher Robin as the title, and then just kind of generally the look of it. And if I remember from the trailers, I don't know that this would be the most. I don't think this was marketed towards kids. And they're definitely right. we're trying to play on the nostalgia of adults with Winnie the Pooh. But I just can't help but feel like the human characters were written for a child audience. And no, they, that... did, they did it on purpose. They were they were like, parents, look at this. You can bring your kids to come and see it, and then you'll right. have all that nostalgia, and then you'll get your kids hooked on Winnie the Pooh, and then we'll have another generation to wash our stuff, even though they don't really care anymore. I mean, uh... if they use this as a jumping-off point for, say, a live-action Winnie the Pooh movie... It makes a great starter right. movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But as a standalone, eh, it's something you can watch occasionally. Just yeah, throw I it can, in I could, you have nothing else to watch. That's kind of like my star rating we kind of alluded to uh, on Letterboxd. I gave it three and a half stars uh, because I, I feel like, I don't know, if I'm in a sentimental mood, I would maybe watch this again, especially if it's still free on Netflix or something. But... Other than that, probably not. Yeah, I mean, it's something I can sit down and watch with the kids. But I'm not right. going to sit down and turn it on to turn it on. Right. Wonder what- I, it was doubly frustrating to me because uh, I, I bang the gong or, or I bang the drum a lot about don't give me a remake of The Lion King. Don't give me a reboot. Give me a new story. And I guess what's doubly frustrating about it is they did that. They gave me a new story, which is exactly what I would normally want. But it was missing. Uh, well, that, that seems to be their problem is they, they're not sure how to do new stories. Hello? Did I get booted? 
No, you didn't get booted, but you are super choppy. Oh, okay. Yeah, the, the, their new story writing team seems to have uh, writer's block. Okay, so I was just looking at... Well, I mean... It's just the whole, like... If you're going to put out an original movie versus something people know, the something people know is guaranteed to make money. Guaranteed, because people know that thing. Um, Maggie says, I honestly think that it's it was written for adults. I think that Disney gets that nostalgia sells, but they have no idea how to do it. That is a great point. I mean, what... Uh, what has their ode to nostalgia been? Christopher Robbins, Mary Poppins 2, and a bunch of live-action remakes. I mean, and I think maybe they're baking... I think they're banking on the adults. I mean, kids don't have money. So the adults are going to take the kids to the movies. If they're going to go take their kids to the movies, they're going to take them to, like, oh, Winnie the Pooh, or Mary Poppins, or whatever. Like, they're going to take them to the thing they know, because they know that thing. Is it bad if they're going to reach into the nostalgia bank? I'd like, I'd like him to reach back further, like Swiss Family Robinson and stuff like that. Stuff that hasn't been done like a thousand times. That kind of ties into something Maggie just said. Uh, they're remaking The Rocketeer, but it's going to be a Disney Junior show. Right, oh, yeah. Oh. A modern Rocketeer. I'm okay with Rocketeer, but... It's my favorite movie, but I don't want to Is see it really? It oh, yeah. I don't want to see it on Disney Junior. But, but yeah, Disney Junior is weird. Like what? All the like, uh, yeah. Like what is a preschooler is going to even know what's going on? What what that is? So I mean, here that's kids, just, if you have a leak, stick gum on it. The Rocketeer. All the kids are <laughs> clamoring for that. Like I don't know. It's that's just a weird place for it. It is. Um, I don't remember particularly liking the Rocketeer, but I did see it in theaters like fourteen times. Oddly enough. Really? Uh-huh. Because they had the dollar theater back in the day. So mm-hmm. we would go see a movie for a dollar. And we'd go every weekend because we wanted to go. But then there'd be nothing on. So we're like, let's go see the Rocketeer again. So it's have... that perfect early 90s art deco film. Yeah. What was I there? Was... Oh, I wanted to jump back real quick. Um... Matt had said GCU season four, Mary Poppins and Disney movies. Mel- Melanie didn't see. Yep. And also Nightmare Winnie the Pooh said. So I'm not going to see this movie, but what you said, what you just said, we a point we we're making mo- a moment ago is a really good point. Um, okay, yeah. So Christopher Robin brought in just under $200 million worldwide, and it was made on a $75 million budget. So I guess that's a win. So I was just trying to gauge as to whether that had, like, sequel potential or whatever. I don't know. It's, I don't Disney. Know it's, it's Disney. Everything has sequel potential. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure they were banking on having some type of Disney Zorro universe now. And what was the other one? John Carter, mm-hmm. which again, Disney with your titles. Nobody knows what John Carter is. Stick with the original title of John Carter of Mars. And you probably would have got a few more ticket sales. 
Well, but they probably have sequels to that on straight to, you know, DVD or I guess, <laughs> I don't even know, straight to their streaming service now, I guess. I, they just, they have all the money. That's the, that's the main thing. They have and the they'll money. make more. Yeah. And, and children are like little money machines to them. Maggie, I never watched John Carter. She Maggie says, oh my God, John Carter, that was just, I needed to bleach my eyeballs afterwards. Have <laughs> <laughs> uh, a lump says, Disney just needs to steer clear of pulp heroes. I mean, that's not really like, that's kind of the bummer of Disney just buying up all the studios because they do have these weird, very sanitizing stipulations that does extend to the studios they own. So I don't know. I just don't like all the movies going through the Disney filter. Yeah. That that bugs me. I'd say it's kind of a double edged sword because it depends on who the director is going to be. Um, because the benefit is Disney has a lot of money they can throw at a movie. So if they can sell them on a grittier movie, it can be a really good gritty movie. Sure, but the issue is the more money the more money a studio throws at a movie, the less control the director's going to have. Yeah, because they're not going to take chances with that money. Like we were talking about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood earlier, and that was, yeah. I believe, amongst the many, you know, the few studios involved, Sony was involved in that. And I'm assuming that started before the merger. And my question is, would Sony have been involved with it? If Would that movie have happened through Sony at all post-Disney merger? And I'm thinking no. So, I don't know. Like, that's the kind of thing that bugs me. It, I, no. If it was already in development, they would have let it slide. I, and I think that was the case. Mm-hmm. And... I was reading a little bit about, I know we're kind of jumping all over the place, but you know, whatever, it's Disney. Um, So they cover the map. I was (laughs) reading a little bit about it earlier today and basically Tarantino, when the, yeah, it got picked up by whatever company and Tarantino, like while it was already in production and Tarantino only agreed if he could get final cut. Um, So, you know, he came to it with his own stipulations, but yeah, he tends hey, to do that a lot of his movies, and it works out for the better for him. That reminds me, Paul. While we have you here, uh, we're going to talk about. Oh, I guess we should probably wrap up this Christopher Robin review properly, huh? <laughs> okay, so I think I think I gave this three stars. It's it's kind of middle of the road. There's parts of it I I really liked. I really liked. You know, Winnie the Pooh and Eeyore were great. I liked how the the characters were portrayed. I liked how they looked. I was surprised by some things. I kind of expected, you know, based on what I remember of the trailer, I expected it to be more of a comedy where it's like nobody else sees Pooh except for Christopher Robin, and that's not necessarily the case. Um, So I was a little surprised by that. Uh, But, you know everything we said about the human characters and basically the just kind of blandness definitely knocks it down. So three and a, three stars and that Maggie would agree with that. Hey, says 3.5 stars. 
I said I'd put it in the three and a half, four. Okay. Um, all right. So, it's reacted. Reacted Paul's news. <gasps> Quentin Tarantino clears up a mystery about his Star Trek project. Star Trek project. I know every Trekkie who hears me say the title just cringes every time. Star Tracks. That's what it's called. (laughs) (laughs) There's hurdles and there's long jumps. There's all sorts of tracks. Uh, Heffalump says, glad to see Peggy Carter married Obi-Wan. Oh, yeah. 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 (laughs) Good for her. Good for her. (laughs) You made Paul lose it. Um, I mean, the wife character was a little bland like i like her and i get you know it's good that there was somebody who was like hey you guys are both crazy cartoon characters of whatever um but anyway savannah says hey i'm new to this podcast so can you fill me in on uh what's happening so we just kind of wrapped up discussing uh, Christopher Robin, the movie from last year, because that's what we and uh, the listeners chose for our quote-unquote movie homework last week. So basically every week we will uh, pick a movie to watch, and if you all want to watch it and join with the review, oh, Savannah loves that movie. Um, what would you rate it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, how would you rate it? How many stars out of five? How many stars out of five would you give us, Savannah? Um... And says five. You oh. do love that movie, oh, man. She does love it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what to answer <laughs> that. I'm sorry. Uh, but now we're moving into our TV and movie news segment. Um, Real quick, that, baby. Can I just what? say I love your your mouth noises when you don't know what to say. You're like, and it, it's fantastic, and I love it. You channel your inner droid. <laughs> Uh, okay, well, I guess I should have said five stars from Savannah. Yeah, a lot of us fell in the three to four star range. Um, I didn't watch it, so. Melanie didn't watch it. And she's very clear on that. Okay, so Quint- Quentin, Cle- Quentin Tarantino clears up a mystery about his Star Trek project. Uh, now, this is the ongoing saga of Tarantino's Star Trek project, which basically is consists of, like... <laughs> So and so says this, and then somebody else over here says that, and every day it's awesome. It is. It is a slowly <laughs> unraveling nothing. <laughs> In the end, you know what? You know where all this is going? Nowhere. Nowhere. In the end, the movie won't happen, and nobody will remember any of this ever happened. Well, they'll now, remember that. Uh, they'll remember that Shatner was on board. Shatner was on when board. When Tarantino wanted to do it. <laughs> or something, and Simon Pegg didn't want to do it. And they'll be like, why didn't that thing happen? Did that thing happen? <laughs> okay, so I do really like this little bit because, God, most stories are basically so, like, Tarantino said something on this interview, and here's this, that's the story. So I, I do appreciate this, though. Um, Tarantino said, quote, I don't know how much I can say. The one thing I can say is it would deal with the Chris Pine timeline. Now, I still don't quite understand, and J.J. Abrams can't explain it to me, and my editor has tried to explain it to me, and I still don't get it. 
about about something happened in the first movie that now kind of wiped the slate clean. I don't buy that. I don't like it. I don't appreciate it. I don't f that. I want the ser- I want the whole series to have happened. It just hasn't happened yet. No, no, Benedict Cumberbatch or whatever his name is is not Khan. All right, Khan is Khan. And like I told JJ, like I don't understand this. I don't like it. And then he was like, "Ignore it. Nobody likes it. I don't. <laughs> I don't understand it. Just do whatever you want. If you want it to happen the exact the exact way it happens on the series, it can." End quote. So. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> wow. I feel like the headline of this news story really should have been Daughtery like, Quentin Tarantino confused by Star Trek timeline. <laughs> Tarantino confused by timelines. Oh my god. I that's gotta don't... just make uh that's gotta be like nails on the chalkboard for star for hardcore Star Trek fans because it's not that confusing a timeline. I, I don't understand what's so confusing about they rebooted it and just said it's another timeline. Done. Like, <laughs> yeah, deviated. Boom. Years. Well, don't right. ever have Tarantino working on timelines then, I guess. Yeah. But does he do that all time the time? Stories. Does uh, he re- kind I mean, of. I mean, uh, you know, there's been lots of, like, YouTube videos and stories about, well, Tarantino in general lately, but there's been a lot of, like, the Tarantino-verse because he does tie all of his movies together. But even the Tarantino verse is technically two separate universes because there's the real, real Tarantino, the real, real world, and the movie world. Whereas he explains that as the movie world is basically like Kill Bill. When the characters of Pulp Fiction go to the movies, they watch Kill Bill. So he's got two like yeah. universes in his one universe. But, yeah, um, but that happens in his head. He understands what happens in his head. <laughs> that's true. I think this is like a... Oh, there you go, yeah. I don't know. I didn't watch any of that crap. What's this timeline? I just want to do... <laughs> I just I want it to be Star Trek. Lasers. I want to make space battles. Um, Me too. Space pirates. Now, the the odd thing is, though, and also coming off of the whole William Shatner thing we discussed the other day, uh, apparently Tarantino was impressed with Chris, Chris Pine and Zachary Quinto. In as Kirk and Spock, quote, the reason I was actually intrigued by the J.J. Abrams version of it is because I thought Chris Pine did a fantastic job, uh, not just playing Captain Kirk, but playing William Shatner's captain. He is William Shatner. He's not just another guy. He's William Shatner's Captain Kirk. And it's literally Zach Quinto is. Why do I feel like I'm reading a Trump quote? And it's literally (laughs) Zach Quinto is literally Leonard Nimoy's Leonard Nimoy's because they both have the same scene together. He's his Spock. They effing nailed it. They just nail it. God, he's all over the place. I just heard a Trump <laughs> quote and a walking voice. <laughs> oh, 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 God. Um, Maybe okay. it's because they're both getting old and, uh, you know, their minds are wandering. That's yeah. nice that's on my be. part. That's not what I really mean. And I mean to be much meaner, but I don't. I'm trying not to be. But it's a feel-good show. <laughs> <laughs> is it? I don't, I, I've never thought about our show. Is Okay. Moving on, because we're getting towards the end of the show. So I do want to run through Paul's news here, because James Wan to produce I Know What You Did Last Summer reboot 
for Amazon. Now, I could be wrong, but I believe this is more of like a series, right? Yeah. Okay. And James Wan, of course, is a director of uh, slightly above mediocre horror movies. <laughs> the, the oh, I should say the director of mediocre horror movies that do very well that aren't so He's really... kind of on a roll right now with The Conjuring and Annabelle and all that crap. Those movies aren't... Yeah. I mean, I guess I, I'm just glad there's horror movies doing well. I'm not a yeah. huge fan of those. I don't know what it is about them, but they're, you they know... Suck. But they're a cut above, like, a lot of direct-to-video horror, so, you know... They're decent that's to something. watch. They're not scary, but they're decent to watch. Yeah. Um, At least and- they're not another paranormal activity movie. Yeah. yeah. I did like the first paranormal activity, though. Well, yeah. Usually, the first one's pretty good, and then they go sequel-happy. Yeah. Um, in the chat, jumping back over here, because it's been a little while... Oh, oh, I missed on. I missed some fights. That's funny. Okay. Anyway, uh, Josh says <laughs> Joshua says anyone seen the one-off season Maniac with Emma Stone and Jonah Hill? Really good. I would agree. I enjoyed that quite a bit. I watched it a while back. Um, Is that the one with um, Elijah Wood? No. What's the one with Elijah Wood? Are you thinking the movie Maniac? The yeah, I am. The movie That's Maniac, what I'm thinking of. which is like all first-person view Elijah Wood. Yeah. Not I that. Love, I love me some Elijah Wood though. No, but you watched this Maniac series with me, though. Did I? It's the one where they're in, like, the drug testing facility. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Okay, yeah. Okay. See, uh, Savannah, I, Maniac, I picture Chris Farley doing uh, Flashdance. Oh, uh, <laughs> and that's in your head forever. It is. <laughs> uh, Savannah says, I love Annabelle. I don't think I watched Annabelle. Um... Huffle up. I'm guessing we're talking about the horror movies here. Step above full moon movie. Uh, okay. So moving on. China, Russia, fantasy film with Jack, uh, Jackie, with Jackie Chan, Arnold Schwarzenegger finally gets release date. Um, that almost sounded like you were saying a racial slur. <laughs> I don't like his name. Okay. It makes me uncomfortable when I have to say it on podcasts. Just call somebody's him Arnold. Gonna, somebody's going to, with Arnold, somebody's going to cut it out and really try to blackmail me someday. Yeah. I'll be like, I ain't, I ain't got money and nobody cares what I say. <laughs> Here's my two bucks. Leave me alone. <laughs> this is my last $2. Have it. Uh, no, this sounds kind of interesting, except, so it got a release date uh, of August 16th in China and Russia. No theatrical release plans have been unveiled for North America yet. This is apparently a sequel, actually, to um, a Russian movie. And uh, it's a Russia-China co-production. It was shot in the UK, Russia, and China. Um, And it's like, I don't know, some kind of interesting-sounding fantasy thing. I just want to note, in the picture, they both look really creepy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I think I saved a different article than the one you shared, but the I, the thumbnail of yours. This yeah, just... the picture was really creepy looking. <laughs> yeah. Heffalump asks, Red Heat 2? Um... <laughs> <laughs> Red Heat is kind of a, I mean, as far as Arnold movies go, go kind of an obscure poll. Um Oh, we're all getting down there. Paul Rudd reportedly approached to reprise Halloween 6 
Okay. To reprise Halloween 6 role in Halloween Kills. Uh, so basically... Whoa. There's some murder going on in the background back there. Children murderers. Oh. Yeah, that's what happens when you have little kids. Yep. You're right, you're right. Uh, let's see. As long as there's no blood, I'm fine with it. <laughs> um, but no, he okay, so Tommy Doyle, which was a character from the very first Halloween as a little kid, but yeah, Paul Rudd played him in one of the various horrible sequels, and uh, apparently he was approached to re- reprise that role, and I don't necessarily, unless he's got conflicting stuff going on, I don't necessarily see him turning it down. I say from the other articles I read, he seems interested in it. Yeah, I mean, it, because... Uh, I waited on that one because I wanted to... That, that one excited me a little. No, yeah, I, I'm, I'd am i be down for it. And he's obviously a much bigger star than he was when he was in Halloween oh, yeah. 6, whatever the curse of... Whichever one that was. Um, but these are also like... These aren't B-grade horror movies anymore. They're, they're, they're you know, they're high-profile movies again, so... I could see him signing on for that. That'd be cool. Yeah. That's why it's it's always good to take a little bad guy role now and then. You never know what it'll bring in the future. Sorry. I'm thinking of uh, aliens. There are some, there's interesting. I'm sorry. I've tried to blow through the news and I've been ignoring some of the comments. Savannah asks, has everyone seen the movie it? Um, I'm, I'm yeah. assuming you mean the more modern, uh, like the recent it part one or whatever. Chris Farley in Flashdance <laughs> says, "Yes, God, they're he's on top of it. They are on top of these things." Chris Farley on flat in Flashdance says, uh, "At Savannah, it follows was better." I mean, I would agree without a doubt. But um, I have seen it. No! It follows is better, and Savannah's never seen it follows. Oh, you should so good. Um, and finally, here's another news story. Uh, Guillermo del Toro will be honored with a Hollywood Walk of Fame star this summer. Which Came is cool. that on Twitter. I got really happy. He yeah. Ended. It's very cool. It screams in the background. That's Georgie. <laughs> Quit screaming. Everyone said shut up. And then... I did not realize. So I do have other news stories, but we're going to skip them since we're at the end of the show. Um, the ones I pulled, I did not realize they are all DC Universe movie related. <laughs> mainly, wow. I think I grabbed those. There's three of them. and But mainly, I think I grabbed those because I was like, what DC Universe? Cinematic Universe. That thing still exists. They're still trying to like... That thing's still limping. <laughs> They're still trying to carry that on somehow. Just give it up. DC's not sure what they want to do. Like, it's such a mess. It's such a mess. Well, the same thing with their streaming service. Like, why are you releasing some things on your streaming service and other things on like Epic, like Pennyworth? Like, you have a streaming service. Why are you releasing things on other networks? Yeah, I mean, they don't know what they're doing. I mean, that is a perfect example of what's wrong with their quote unquote DC DCEU is. There's no coordination. Nobody knows what they're going. There's no consistency. Nobody knows what they're doing. There's no consistency. They will literally start something and then totally like freak out and get cold feet last minute and change everything. Justice League 
And, you know, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. HDCEU. You know, and you get the, you, you, uh, I'm, I'm going to be slightly rude, but you get the weirdos who are just diehard, like, you get the hardcore fanboys who are like, well, it's just, it gets better than the Marvel Cinematic Universe, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, dude, if that was the case, trust me, I wouldn't disagree. I'm a DC fan. Those are the, those are my favorite characters. Those are the comics Marvel's I read. More organized. But Marvel's got their act together. Like Disney knows what they're doing. They have a plan. Even if obviously, you know, they change it up once in a while, they still have a plan. So even DC, if they roll one out that tanks, they, they, they still plan to move forward. And it's like, okay, we revamp a little and this is the track we're heading on. Yeah. Keep, keep rolling with it. But I, so when is Wonder Woman 1984 coming out? That's still happening, right? It's got to be. In 2084? getting that whole 100 year back nostalgia just in time for the 100 year anniversary (laughs) (laughs) it's all about good business models I can't wait for my Wonder Woman ruse again Chris Farley at Flashdance says they're they're screwing everything up for me I'm losing my love for the DC love of the DC characters I mean if it comes down to it just stop watching the stuff Go find some well-received re- re- comics, you know, well-reviewed comics. Go read Batman White Knight. Speaking of, you guys should tune back, well, not tune back in, but you guys should check out the Grolix podcast coming this Monday, so next week, and we will be discussing Batman White Knight, the comic books, uh, because yeah. the sequel series, uh, Curse of the White Knight, just started coming out, I don't know, last week or sometime. And uh, so we figured it was a good time to talk about the original because we never did. And it was it, what came out a year and a half, two years ago. And it, well, I, I felt it was very good. Um, but some of us might not have. So it made it, so it's an interesting conversation. Yeah. And we're like a year and a half, two years old. That's right about the time we start reviewing stuff. Thanks for the applause, Savannah. <laughs> No, that is the Grolix way. We usually don't review a thing until long after it's relevant. But you know what? Anytime I've really like stressed well, to at like, that point, it's definitely spoiler free. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Uh, speaking of not knowing how to put something out that's relevant, uh, Grolix Cinematic Universe is coming up as well. And there's two episodes left this season. One will be a discussion, a review of uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I actually got the title right all episode this time. Yay. And the other will be uh, Hateful Eight and Magnificent Seven. We are wrapping up our Tarantino, our season Tarantino. I don't know which order they'll be released. I really don't want to push Once Upon a Time in Hollywood off for weeks. Am but, I am I supposed to be on that one? Yeah, well, I, I went and seen it with you. I don't know that the uh, actual co-host of the show seen it at all. So, yes. Yay! <laughs> You'll be my co-host on that episode. Um, but, however, when we do talk Magnificent Seven and Hateful Eight, we will also have a guest by way of, uh, I'm assuming, a Huffalump. Or a Chris Farley and Flashdance. How many mats are there? <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing that's Chris Farley and Flashdance is perhaps... that Welcome Joshua? We just don't there, even know anymore. I think I think what what happens is he's like, 
okay. going over to other other places. And he's like, hey, hey, I need some money to be this person or that person or this person, just real quick. And then they're like, okay, because he's very persuasive. I, I love. I just love the idea that we now we have multiple people who just randomly pick relevant things we say or relevant to the episode and like make a profile for that and chat with us that way. Salt. That amuses me. Okay. Um, that's all I got. Anybody else got anything before we get out of here? Uh, no. You should do a Scorsese season. Oh, that'd be interesting. Well, I'm debating if I want to do any kind of theme for season four. I am kind of looking forward to going back to kind of just random so that we can have a little bit more, um, wiggle room. Yeah. And like spur of the moment, last minute, like, Oh, you know, what'd be a good double feature or, you know what I really want to watch. Um, but I do like the theme thing as well. It gives me something to work with. Um, you build up to a fan favorite. Yeah. Oh, that's a good idea. And then pair them off. Oh, so many possibilities. Um, this, t- this Tarantino season has been interesting, though. It's been it's been pretty cool revisiting like his whole filmography. Um, all right. Well, hey, Paul, thanks for joining us and chatting with us for thirty seven minutes. That's awesome. Yeah, it's than typing. Oh, it's easier than typing. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. I, we don't mind. It's not like you joined. You're like, you guys play guitar or <laughs> where do you live? Well, I live here and I hate it. Uh, <laughs> and you get it. hear my kids kill each other in the background. Yep. That's all right. It's either kids, dogs, or cats. Yep. Yeah, my dogs are all asleep. <laughs> okay. For everybody else, thanks for listening. Uh, we will be back Friday, at which point uh, we will be talking about um, whatever, what's coming out this weekend, as well as picking, I guess, our next movie homework. And then reminder, our schedule is changing next uh, next week. We're going to once a week, I think. I have no idea what day or time. <laughs> but honestly, I don't know. Like, I need... I need you have to listen to the next episode or you won't know when to find us again. I need Jesse and Melanie to like really, maybe you guys make a list, make a list of when is ideal, like ideal for you. Because if you tell me, you know, if you give me four days out of the week, anytime during four days out of the week, that doesn't help me. I need you guys to help me narrow this down. Well, we know Sunday's out. Yeah. Sunday's out. We don't want to step on uh, Maggie's toes. She's got her own show. When we we do record regular Grolics, we do it on a Sunday. So that's not great. Ask Jesse because I would say it would have to be probably the weekend for probably Friday evening or Saturday with Jesse's schedule. Yeah, exactly. But for me, I'd rather do Saturday, but then I don't know if that's like his only day off or something. I don't know. But for me, I'm already, I, you know, it's easier for me to record with Randall and I'm with Randall on Saturday. So that's true. Well, I feel like we might've lost Jesse. I'm not sure. Jesse, it's up to you. <laughs> okay, we must have lost him. All right, anyway, we'll figure this out. It, I swear. <laughs> but we will be back Friday for sure. Thanks, everybody. Have a great... Oh, Jesse's here. I'm here, but you can't hear me. Did you mute yourself, Jesse? 
Oh, that's the best kind of Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> I kid, I kid. I feel like Jesse permanently muted himself. Yeah. You hit the phone. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's the microphone. <laughs> All right, everybody, don't forget, you can check out the Grolix podcast and Grolix Cinematic Universe, uh, the regular shows on CastBox, as well as anywhere else you find podcasts. And you can find it all at GrolixPodcast.com. It's G-R-A-W-L-I-X podcast.com. Have a great Wednesday. Go pick up your comics if you haven't yet. It's new comic book day. Also, um, I don't know, have a good Thursday, too, and I'll talk to you Friday. And here's an outro for you. Here's some music, something to dance to. Oh, well, Jesse's in the chat. He'll say hi, bye to you guys there. <laughs> Castbox Cass permanently muted him. It's gonna be dancey. You dance. You hear that? It's dancing. Don't you hear the Michael Jackson sounding sample? The royalty-free, not actually Michael Jam- Jackson sample. <laughs> Josh was yeah. getting down. <laughs> uh, also, Josh, are you new? If you're new, you. I feel like you're not, but maybe you are. And I feel like you are. If you're new, you fit right in, man. <laughs> he's probably somebody I know. And he's like, you should know me. He's like, I met you. I shook your hand. <laughs> <laughs> I met you this one time at this one place. <laughs> I'm a fan. I'm a. I'm just a fan. I'm your biggest fan, but I'm new. Well, awesome, Josh. You you fit right in, man. Oh, Welcome to the for, crowd. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Um, all right, everybody. Uh, to Paul, thank you for calling in. It's been a pleasure actually talking to you. Yes, it has. It has been fun. All right, and of course, Jesse and Melanie. I know Jesse, you can't respond. Thanks, my co-hosts, for joining me again. You're welcome. And everybody else, Josh, the uh, Matt, the Huffalump, Maggie, uh, Savannah, everybody else who listened, uh, thanks, and have a good day. Bye, everybody. Later. Later.